Hello and welcome to Off Their Shelf Reviews. I will fucking gouge your eyes out if you fuck this up for me. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Whiplash, which released in 2014. Written and directed by Damien Chazelle. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Miles Teller's character, Andrew. Andrew is an up-and-coming drum player and is wanting to get on to the biggest band he knows in his college, run by Terence Fletcher, played by J.K. Simmons. But Fletcher's teachings may be too much for Andrew, or it may be the push to get him to where he wants to be. I'm upset. Louder! I'm upset! Louder! I'm upset! So this is actually a, an indie film with mm. a budget of just around $3 million. Yeah. And it almost never happened. Wow. Um, this is one of those film scripts that sat around for a while and every studio went, no, don't don't really want to touch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the writer-director who was adamant about getting this made. And he made a, a short, a 30-minute or 20-minute short mm. of Whiplash, submitted it to Sundance Film Festival, and it won. And then straight after that, loads of offers came in with funding opportunities and offers yeah. to make this a, a full film. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, he also had uh, J.K. Simmons in the role in the short as well. Yeah. He would, of course, reprise the role, to which J.K. Simmons would even win the Oscar for it. Uh, but it's also this this writer-director. I've kind of been a fan of his from, from some of his other works oh, as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, he was the writer for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Nice. He was also the uh, writer for La La Land. Yeah. And he also yeah. uh, directed First Man as well. Nice. So he's a really young uh, director, but seems to be a really talented one as well. Yeah. I mean, this guy's got a style. Like, I've seen shots of La La Land, which I'm like, that's... that's Pretty great for just a low-budget movie that I'd probably never go to actually watch. Um, no, I still haven't seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. I no, really damn it. probably should. <laughs> probably I know should. the guy from you know did Prey. He did some of that as well. And I'd avoided this movie. I had seen it. You know, I'd seen the trailer. I'd seen it advertised. I'd seen it get a lot of praise. And I honestly couldn't see the entertainment value of watching a guy get screamed at for two hours and drumming. Um, but and jazz music. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a big proponent to put people off as well. Yeah, you know, I like jazz music, kind of. Okay. But <laughs> you got to be in kind of the mood. You know, you got to be in kind of the mood. It's, Surely, it's... jazz should put you in the mood. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... I know nothing about jazz. Art, art, it's all subjective and deciding. And anyway, with with Whiplash, like I said, I was just like, no, I'm. It's it's not for me. It's not my film. Um, and then Gary said, hey, it's on the list. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's that time. I've got to got to bite the bullet. And you know what? I'm so fucking glad I did. Uh, I think I'm going to keep not watching films to then watch them and see how good they are. Um, but Whiplash, oh my God. It's one of those films that if you even like watching things on a screen, you have to see Whiplash. It is phenomenally filmed. It's phenomenally acted. I mean, like we said, J.K. Simmons, off the bat, let's just go with J.K. Simmons, it's fucking J. Jonah Jameson, you know, and I know he's done phenomenally loads of, loads of roles, but for me, this is, this guy is J. Jonah Jameson, you know, and I was a bit afraid to actually see him in Whiplash, because I was like, I like Jameson, and he's going to scream at me all this time. Well, I've always said that 
If you're a fan of the HBO show Oz, oh, yes. then any of the actors from that show that you then see in anything else, you're always going to remember them from there. Yeah. And every actor from that show has just gone on to do wonderful, amazing, and, and have acting amazing acting careers from it. Yeah. J.K. Simmons is, is no exception here. Yeah. Uh, Miles Teller. Yeah, I mistakenly thought Miles Teller was the guy from Ready Player One. It's not. It's, it's <laughs> no. a completely different guy. Um, but obviously seeing him recently... Or, or seeing him in the trailer recently playing um, Goose's son in Maverick, yeah. I was like, all right, okay, let's 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 see how this goes. And I mean, with the combination of just simply Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons, you know, and, and Damien Chazelle in control of this film, you immediately start off with the drums, the drums beating, the beat faster. This pretty much for me got me into the movie, like, like the way he's playing. This is the anxiety you level you kind of have to be at for a lot of this movie. So if you can't if you can't take this at the start, yeah, it's no, it's no good. Oh, I, I think you're right. The opening sequence to this film is masterful mm. in terms of engaging you as the audience into this world and yep. these characters yep. in the most simplistic of ways as well. And it's literally just two camera shots for the most part as we are coming in slowly panning all the way into Andrew who's playing the drums. So we get the flip shot where we see... Fletcher yeah. coming into the classroom and observing the student, obviously catching him off guard yeah. after hours. And the power play, uh, the interplay between these characters is evident from their opening interactions with each other where he stops playing and he asks him why he stopped playing. Yeah. And then he immediately starts playing. Yeah. And he's like, why did you continue to start, start playing again? That wasn't did, an answer. Yeah. Exactly. And so you're like, and this is the relationship and this is the way it starts and it will escalate from here yeah yeah so we find out that andrew is an aspiring drummer yeah yeah and this is what he wants to do he's supposed to be in the best school mm-hmm. and he's already intimidated yeah. by this prestigious teacher who's not actually even going to be his teacher he's actually in another classroom That's to begin right. with. yeah yeah but we get that moment where fletcher just doors burst open classroom in silence even the other teacher is submissive to Fletcher. Oh, man, yeah. Just like, okay, take the room, whatever you want. And he starts holding random auditions for his own band. Yeah. And just before he's about to leave, he's like, you, Andrew, my office, what, my classroom tomorrow, 6 a.m. Yeah. And don't be late. late. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've also had the introduction to Paul Reiser's character, who who plays uh, Jim Nyman, you know, Andrew's father. And it's weird that there's like a whole back history that you're not aware of but weirdly enough you kind of feel like you don't like he has the conversation with with andrew at the cinema and he's just uh, and andrew's just like, like i i met him i've seen him like he spoke to me and you know his dad's just like oh really and what did you think so they're already aware of terence fletcher before we're we the audience are really and it's andrew's goal to get this guy's attention you know, and I love Paul Reiser. He's so supportive in this role. You know, he's this doting dad. And I was saying to Gary before we turned the camera on, it's like, it's really realistic. You know, it's not Hollywoodized or over the top. It's a genuine, I love you, son, and I'll support you with whatever you do. Because, like, we learned that, like, his mum left 
We don't know why or what. Well, that's it. Fletcher's quizzing Andrew in the hallway before one of his first classes. And he starts getting this vital information from him about his dad, about his failed music career, about the mum that ran away when he was young. (gasps) And of course... We're thinking that, I mean, he's putting a smile on Andrew's face. I knew what he was doing. He's taking all this info and I'm like... He's building a relationship on the surface. But like you you said, he's using this as ammunition to fire out, uh, you know, amongst swear words at Andrew or any other class members. Because he ends up calling another class member gay at one point. You know, he was just like, this is probably coming from the truths of of what he's learned from these people. That's it. He absolutely demoralizes every single person in his band and he he justifies it especially later on in the movie terence fletcher justifies it by saying i'm looking for the best i well, need that, that, that's, the best that's the thing. i mean that happens more than an hour into the film it's like the beginning of the third act where we actually find out the reason why he yeah. is the way he is for the whole film but throughout the whole film you are also wondering is this guy just an angry, bitter, yes. resentful, yes. you know, musical failure. But he's, but he, or is does he have a goal? But but the, well, the crazy thing is that's 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 where where the weird line of you know genius lies, doesn't it? The craziness, you know, he's got this plan, and as long as his plan works, it might not work ninety percent of the time, or hundred percent of the time. As long as it works at least ninety, then he's doing good. I do not believe that Terence Fletcher is in any other position in that school other than prestigious. You know, like we said with the teacher that he walks into a room, people are submissive to him. He's in charge of the elite group. When he takes his band member to competitions, they win or his people are spotted and they are taken off. And and him and Andrew constantly, um, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about this other drummer, this other famous drummer that they both know who did really well because his teacher threw a symbol at the guy's head, you know, and oh, a couple of inches, he'd have been decapitated, but he threw it and it pushed the drummer to become as great as he is. And so that's what I mean. There's a weird, it's like an army military thing. The sergeant screams at you and screams at you because in a death defying situation, you know, you're going to wish he was there, but you listen and you scream. Andrew, I, I, at one point in the movie, I thought Andrew was buckling to it and that Terence Fletcher, as I said, my initial opinion of this movie was Fletcher, J.K. Simmons' character, was an absolute fucking cunting asshole throughout this whole movie. <laughs> and then the movie surprised me because Andrew had been building this relationship with Nicole, uh, Melissa uh, Benoist, I think, Um and it was beautiful. Oh, it was so well done. He meets her at the cinema. They go out on a date. They have this oh so wonderful, amazing time. We don't know if they sleep together or not. We just see the relationship on top of the stuff with Fletcher and the music and everything's building up. And like I said, anxiety's at this fucking level, people, okay? I'm I'm not in I'm not really enjoying my time, but I have to see this through. When he sits her down and he Andrew tells her yeah, we. you don't want to be with me because I'm going to be drumming. When I'm with you, all I'm thinking about is music. When I'm without you, all I'm doing is music. You're not going to have my time. And if we do hire and we do try to work on this relationship, you're going to grow to resent me. And he justifies dumping her and them not having a relationship because he, I want to be great. I want to be one of the greats. 
And I would stop you from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It is the moment in the film where as an audience member, you're just like, You're a cunt! <laughs> yes. It, well, yeah, exactly. You're just like, you... But, I mean, at the same time, you remember that he's 19 years old, okay? So he is bound to be make stupid mistakes. Are you, just, are you justifying it? Because no, that's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm giving a rationale. Because, yes, he, what he is doing here is a buffoonish thing to do. Well, but, but, but it, it makes sense. Well, of course it makes sense because it's the way he is learning from Fletcher. It's the way he's learning that he needs, that his obsession needs to be, needs to consume him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. anything else is a distraction. On one hand, I also think it's hilarious that we've got uh, Supergirl and Reed Richards sat, you know, in the same room together. Uh, and, of course, uh, J. Jonah Jimson being the overseer yeah. of this mess as well. It's fascinating. Oh, the multiverse. But, yeah, it, it, I also think she was pretty good, considering she, she only, she only she in about ten minutes of yeah, the film. Nothing. Because every scene in the film follows Andrew, Miles Teller. He is in every single scene in the film. And I think that's pivotal because he is your your audience character. He's your yes. surrogate through the story. It's yeah. happening to him. And I, I also think that Miles Teller is often not given as much credit as I think he deserves as a performer, as an actor in this film, of course. Yeah. All oh. of the prestigious awards and recognition does go to J.K. Simmons. Yeah. But Miles Teller Miles here Teller. Is, is equal. Yes. And he needs to be and have those reactions in order for what J.K. Simmons is doing to actually work, you know, to have that reaction to it. And yeah. the rest of the musical classroom also behaves that way, gives him, yeah. you know, the uh, the room to be this this menace, this intimidating figure. Because it wouldn't yeah. be as effective if the rest of the classroom were like, no, it's just Fletcher doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do think it's fascinating that, as an audience member, that is the moment in the film where we realise, like, the boundaries or the, you know, the the line that, as a as you would gauge, being able to uh, relate to what's yes, going on in totally, the film. totally, Knowing and trying to decide for you where your cross-off line is, you know, what what is more valuable to you, your friends, your family, your love... Or is it your work, well, your passion, your but, project, your, your wanting to be remembered in history? The crazy thing is, I found with this movie, this it hits on so many levels of just human nature that you that's why you relate on. Because you will relate on even the tiniest little bit. And like we said, with the Miles Teller character, it felt for me that at one point he was the weakling. But then when he started to balance with Fletcher, what? because he wanted it, he wanted Fletcher to scream at him, to make him better. And you get that sequence where he's at home, he, he, he takes everything out of his room and all he does is put the drum set there and he just keeps playing and playing and playing and playing. And it's still not enough. Because we have that other sequence where they're in the music room and fucking, you know, like J.K. Simmons had done this amazing sequence before where he was like, well, somebody's out of tune and he goes through the rank and he fucking destroys everybody that he's looking for this out of tune person. And he even fires one person who's not actually out of tune. But just because he didn't know he was out of tune, that's even worse than being out of tune. I'm like, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the record, Metz wasn't out of tune. You were, Erickson. But he didn't know. And that's bad enough. But then later on, when you get the drummers and he's just like, you're not at my level. And so uh, this other boy, Conley, who we'd seen previously in the movie, he's coming. So you've got you've got Andrew, you've got Conley we've seen before who's been brought in. And I knew then that, that Fletcher had done this before. 
He's done this multiple times. He's gone to classrooms, he's pinched what he's wanted, he's used what he's wanted, and he's thrown it away to get what he's wanted. And then, because you've got the third drummer who was there before Andrew turned up, and because none of them are in tune or none of them can keep his tempo, his pace, he makes them sit there and play and play. And, like, I'm like, dude, like, if none of them are that good, you'd have sent them home. But because he makes them sit there and just keep doing it, it's not the fact that any of them weren't at his tempo. He just needed them to be fucking good. Well, he's he does and sets everything up. He's hyper, yeah. hyper-focused on Andrew alone. Yes. The other drummers are immaterial to him. Did he... And he's using them only to manipulate and mould and shape Andrew into the musician he wants him to be. Did he take away the book? Now, that's exactly exactly <laughs> what he did. Now, there is also a foreshadowing moment to this earlier where one of the first classroom sequences where Fletcher walks into the classroom, he says, if one of you leaves your notes or your book out again, I will fucking destroy you. Yeah. Or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. And so there is a sequence where the, uh, the, the, the primary uh, drummer... Wants Andrew to look after his notes. He's going to the bathroom, but when he comes back, Andrew was distracted and he turns around and the notes are gone. Maybe the janitor took him. He gets called some horrible, horrible things. Yeah. The two of them walk back into Fletcher, who belittles both of them, yeah. but ends up, of course, blaming this other student for losing his book. Yeah. Which we all know, Fletcher definitely stole that book because That's it's it. just another setup, another test to push for Andrew, Andrew to into push the him. Seat. Absolutely. Over and over again. Every scenario every situation has been orchestrated by Fletcher to test and prod and poke and break him to see whether he will walk away walk out the classroom like we've seen the other student do yeah or whether he's gonna grit his teeth dig deep and play something special or play to his fucking tempo whichever comes first you know So, yeah, the rest of the film, we are kind of balancing Andrew's home life with his dad and yeah. his family, deciding that, yeah, you know, he would rather die at the age of 34, drunk, penniless, yes. uh, of a heroin overdose, but be remembered as a great than settle for 90-year-old mediocrity in life. <laughs> and, you know, that's... Uh... That was an eye-opener because, like, if you don't mind, like I like, I balance it with the sequence where we find out about um, Fletcher, the death in Fletcher's life, both of them, the situation Andrew had with his family and, and seeing Fletcher upset and cry and weak was the realization of who these people were, were wanting to be. You know, they were both horrible kind of people. They were just kind of doing it at two different angles. You know, that, that, that the, the table sequence with the family was just so brilliant, well done. Like, it goes round, like, and, and Andrew is kind of picking on the other two boys because they're, they're football players, you know, and he's just like, well, why would I want to be like you? And his dad calls him out on it. And I really felt that because I'm like, oh, Andrew didn't like that. He's going to be running back to his other daddy now to try and get what he, you know, from there. But then when you got J.K. Simmons finding out that one of his ex-students has died recently... And he just, not only is he upset in front of Andrew, and it's just, it's an eye opener for Andrew because Andrew's just like, oh my God, I didn't realize you could actually cry. But the way he treats his class then after that is like, it's a lenient day off, you know, just 
Take it easy today. Well, you know? you'd think so until he kicks out the rest of the classroom <laughs> and focuses the three drummers down for hours and hours in this montage. But he needed them to play, Gary. <laughs> they needed to be good. <laughs> well, he did because it's all building up to the, this sort of this this tournament, this open yeah. this presentation of yeah. this this music. You know, he he tells them all, "Don't be late. Your setups are here. We're on stage here. Yeah. If you're not there, you're not going on." And uh, Andrew's bus breaks down. <laughs> I was just like, oh. and the, he's just like, "Hey, is it going to be a taxi?" She's like, it "Ain't going to be no taxi." No. Uh, so he ends up going and renting a car, rushing there. He's on the phone. He's like, "Tell Fletcher I'll be yeah. there." He gets there, and Fletcher's like, "You're not going on for one. You haven't got your sheet music, and two, you haven't got your sticks. <laughs> you ain't got your sticks. You're not going on that yeah. seat. You're not playing." And I felt that I was like, "Oh no!" I know. <laughs> and you've got the other drummer there who we've seen, but. So is awful compared yeah. to Andrew. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it's been set up to be great just to make Andrew feel like shit. Uh, is there smug, like, yeah, this is my role now. It's going to be mine. And it's, of course, the pressure's on. Andrew races all the way back to where he rented the car, gets his sticks, gets back in the car. He's yelling on the phone and bang, yeah. he's hit by a truck. Oh, man. Yeah. No. What the hell was that noise? Okay, look, why don't you just tell Fletcher that I'm coming, you motherfucker? He climbs out of the wreckage, <laughs> bloodied, battered and bruised, ribs broken, blood everywhere. And he, cl- he walks there. He's determined. He's, He's determined. obsessed. Yeah. And he gets there and he sits down in his blood state and starts playing. He or, starts playing straight away. Well, trying. Like, I look at his <laughs> hand and I'm his, like, he drops the stick. you can't play it. As soon as he dropped that stick, I felt that because I knew Fletcher was there. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you fucking doing? You know, this is... This is like the big moment. Andrew shouldn't even be there. He should be in a hospital, right? It's yeah. Like the 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 he's like the shock's not even set but in yet. He's determined to prove Fletcher wrong. Yeah. I am going to be fucking great with or without you. I don't give a fuck. And in a way, Fletcher kind of is just a bit shocked. Like, all right, but he he, he fucking calls it. He's like, you're done. You're fucking done. And and Andrew tries to walk off, and then he turns and he fucking attacks him. I was yeah. like, nah! Get the fuck out of this motherfucker! But I, I I was questioning everything up to that point because like like he shouldn't have got out of the car. Like he shouldn't have he shouldn't he sh- he should have just called it quits before driving there. You know, I kept expecting the crash every second because he was at this level. Yeah. The anxiety, the stress, everything, the pressure, everything was just at such a level he was going to implode. And so it's attacking Fletcher on stage, you know, the whole next bit where he you know, he, he kind of quits the musical college. You know, he, he abandons his drums. He goes and gets like a job in a coffee shop. His dad finds out about the shit that Fletcher has done. And it's revealed to you the truth now is that the ex-student that we'd heard died in a car crash had actually committed suicide. Which, from what we've seen for the film, is, isn't is really unsurprising if you're working under Terence Fletcher, you know. Um, but Andrew doesn't kind of want to do anything. Because Andrew, Miles Teller's character, believes that, you know, yeah, it makes sense to be great. You need to fucking have this kind of teacher, you know. But he still goes in with the fact that they have um, Fletcher fired from the school. Which I was like, yay! But it the film didn't end. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
And so he goes and he speaks. To, he, he tries to ring up his um, his ex Nicole over the phone. Not just yet. I mean, he, well, yeah, he's got to go he, meet Fletcher. He first, first yeah. meets Fletcher first. Oh, such a well, great he, sequence. Not necessarily. I mean, he's walking by and he hears the jazz music. He sees the sign. He sees that it's special guest Terence Fletcher. Yeah, which like? he walks in and that's the most vulnerable or the meekest we've seen Fletcher at this point. No, this small. is his, this is his moment. This is him. No, in no, his world. this yeah. is him. Small, tucked away, yeah. not in the limelight. No. Playing the piano. I thought, I definitely thought that. But then at the same time, I'm looking at his band members and his band members there. They either respect him enough that they just let him do whatever. Or he respects them enough that, you know, if they don't keep up with him. But him on that piano, that's... I, I felt that this is his world. And so when Andrew tries to escape, he gets caught in the door. Yeah. And yeah. he turns around and Fletcher's like, hello, Andrew. And you're like, oh, oh, fuck. Well, time to talk about the reasons why I got kicked out of teaching and lost my job. And Andrew's like, yeah, funny that. <laughs> Don't know who would have said a bad oh, thing about you, yeah. gee golly. <laughs> and just as Andrew's about to leave, Fletcher's like, well, actually, I've got this thing at Carnegie Hall. It's mm. kind of a big deal. And my drummer's shit. Want the job? Yeah. And Andrew's just like, well, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, mm, you need me, maybe. Oh, well. yeah. And so, yeah, he then does call call his uh, his ex and and he actually apologizes. He does, yeah. That's the main thing. I mean, granted, we have that uncomfortable, I mean, it's a very uncomfortable, awkward phone call well, where we... she's like, well, I'll have to ask my boyfriend if I can come. And he's just like, oh, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, don't worry. So We don't know how, I didn't know how long they'd been. It must have been a couple of months since he'd broken up with her and then he rings her because yeah, it was there's in. There's a subtitle that comes up saying summer. summer. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you, you, you don't really know. But that's what I felt when he rings her. I'm like, it's got to be a couple of months that you just ring up your ex and go, all right, you want to get together? And she's like, um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes to the hall, you know, he's been practicing, he's been playing and he goes to the hall and he sits down and he's, he's really enjoying the fact that Fletcher seems a lot more meeker in front of this group. You know, he's, he's not so, so Go out there and have fun. Yeah. He even talks to the stagehand that comes out. The first one we saw was fucking brilliant. He was going to destroy him. The second one at this end sequence, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll be doing this thing. Thank you. And they go out on stage and Fletcher just turns and goes, I know it was you. And you're like, <laughs> oh shit. And he walks to the microphone and he says, right, everybody, we're going to be playing this song. And everybody has the sheet for it, except Andrew. Who just plays out of key, out of out of time. Yeah. He just It's an embarrassment. Yeah. And the small applause at the oh. end is enough to make you die inside. Yeah. You know, and Andrew's just <laughs> humiliated. It's everything he's been building up for and... Fletcher is just fucking destroyed, destroyed it. it, shredded it, <laughs> shredded it. And you, you have that beautiful moment with Paul Reiser, his, his dad. You he's know, rushing he, to him. He's yeah. rushing to it. Like, it's, it's such great camera shot. Like, you hadn't actually seen the dad had just been hidden in the background, you know, not really in the audience. And then all of a sudden we're seeing him rush through the door. So you know he's there to support his son. And Andrew gets off the stage and he walks out and he hugs his dad and they're all upset. And I honestly thought that this was the end of the movie. Like, they could walk out the door now. It's the end. It's that's it but Andrew's like you know what fuck this shit and he goes back out on stage and Miles Teller like I don't know if it was actually Miles Teller playing well here's the thing uh, yeah. J.K. Simmons comes from a, um, an actual musical family right, right, so right. he has a degree in, in music nice Miles Teller was also playing the drums from a very young age so is that him so, in the movie 
all of all of what you see him on the drums is real. Yeah. But a lot of it was actually recorded by his second. You know, the second right, drummer there's a couple is of actually shots, the musician yeah, for the film. You don't see his face. And dubs over and all of the music that's in the film. But Miles Teller actually put himself back into music school before the film. Yes, so that mate. he could do the parts. <laughs> now, there are a lot of musicians have said that there's a lot of inconsistencies. Oh, in totally, totally. Like, totally. sometimes J.K. Simmons is talking complete gobbledygook. Yeah, yeah. In terms of musical, whatever he's, he's talking, like Star Trek gobbledygook. Like... <laughs> Unless you know it, you don't know it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a couple of other moments like that where musicians like, you're, if you're bleeding profusely from the hands still, it's because your technique is wrong. Yeah. Not because you've got blisters because you've got friction sores, it's because your technique is wrong. So there's lots of little things. Like, I don't know that much about no, music. No, no, I know please. even less about jazz. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but, but this film like actually made me appreciate or want to listen to jazz. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, man. The, the drumming work, at the, especially this end bit, mm-hmm. was so... So fucking good. It's uh, like near five minutes solo. Yeah. Now, apparently the studio that we're going to distribute this film sent notes to the director saying, we get it. He's a really good fucking drum player. Can we cut this scene down? <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you 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 can, but you're... you're missing the 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 main crux of it's a of musical the number yeah like that scene like, it's reverberates the, on its music it's the it, name of the movie <laughs> he's playing the fucking music that the movie's called on yeah. and it's such an intense fucking thing it is like whiplash yeah it <laughs> is and he contr- no, he like he controls everybody andrew at this he point. ascends into greatness oh he does because he he turns to like the guy says to him what the fuck are you doing he's like i'll key you in and so as soon as he keys him in, he's got some bass, and then he's getting some music. And even Fletcher's called back. Like, he was surprised that Andrew came back on the stage. He's even more surprised he's fucking doing it's this. It's that moment where Andrew just mouths to him, fuck you. Yeah. And you're just like, Mate, when yes. he bounced the symbol off his face, yeah. I'm going to gouge out your bung. I was like, oh, man, don't fucking get too close. And yeah, it's like, oh. it's electric. It's it all was... brewing to this moment. Yeah. And yeah, you thought the film was over, and then, like, for it to come back. But just like the music in this moment does, where, he brings it down and then he brings it back up again for this crescendo because Fletcher is really not knowing what to do like he's caught off like Andrew is playing Whiplash and he's going to be playing this all on his own but he needs the rest of the music and so then it's a case of I'll cue you in and so this is Andrew saying to him kind of like you'll play for me you'll play at my tempo but there is a bit later uh, in the song where you know Fletcher comes on just just a little bit and he he pulls his hand so down and Fletcher almost like Andrew almost stopped like I thought he was trying to stop him because he, he'd been going he'd been going I thought his arms got come off and he slows down and then he's just like bring it up and he starts going again and he starts going again and then all the music came in and it just oh, it's beautiful it I mean like I mean, there's even that moment in there where I, I think the, I don't know whether the editor or the, the where it's framed where we can't see Fletcher's mouth, mm. but we can see it move. Yeah, and we know that he whispers to Andrew, "Good job," and you're just like, because that's the thing that he talked about, what he was looking for, and yeah, and that, that's what I mean. It's the good carry on. I got yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, and uh, th- this ending is is one of one of the strongest film endings I've seen in like the last fifteen years or so yeah, of film, yeah, yeah. where it's so simplistic in its execution but it says a lot and also leaves a lot open to debate and discussion yeah. as to like the ending kind of makes you go yeah upbeat it's a but, justification but the, it's a really bad ending it's a really dark ending because at the end of yeah. the day the villain wins because he was trying to get Mar- you know trying to get Miles Teller Andrew 
on his fucking tempo the yeah, whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's literally controlling Andrew at the end. But the... On his tempo. He has broken the student into ascending but, but, and becoming great. But, so he achieved his mission. But, but Andrew the way was he wanting did it, it. Yes, I know Andrew was wanting it. He wanted it from the start. The, That's the, 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 person, the one that committed suicide, he probably wanted it too. But now, yeah, this is the thing that yeah. the, the director has said. Like, this is... I mean, I will say now, if you if you are a fan of this film, your ending, your interpretation of this ending is absolutely your own. Yeah, totally. whatever you are in life, you know, you can have, make different observations. It's mm-hmm. something worth talking about. But I will say that what the director said of the ending of this film is that it is a bittersweet tragedy, because Miles Teller's character Andrew will be dead by the age of thirty-four, drunk, penniless, and a, and died of an overdose, friendless. Okay. Because that's that is what he has chosen at that's the end of his film, path, yeah. and that is what the director said. That's what he envisioned. Because the director said when he was in music school and he had a teacher just like that, he walked out the door. And this film is kind of what he imagines would have been a what if I'd stayed and stuck to wanting to do music. Now there, there's a lot of other angles to interpret this ending as well. Mm. Like now, how did you interpret Paul Reiser, the dad, watching on? As Andrew, you know, is playing one of the greatest I, drum solos I ever. I felt like, yeah, I felt like like his dad character was proud, but also kind of scared because you know it's an obsession. It's Andrew's obsession. It's completely enveloped his life. He was going to do this with Terence Fletcher there or not. He was going to push all the family members out of the way and and do it. A lot of musicians do. A lot of artists do. And so, yeah, I I get the bittersweet ending kind of. You know, analogy, and I get that a lot of people might think that's really bad. For me, like I said, I ended the movie. The level was here, and by the end of the movie, the level was still there. But I felt better about myself because it's it, it's a crazy idea that the, I've always I've always felt the same. The more you can push yourself to to do something, the better you will be at it. More practice makes perfect but don't fucking kill yourself over it i mean jesus sorry you know like if it gets that far like you know you you have a problem but you have to you have to address your problem andrew's way of addressing his problem was not walking away and going back on stage and paul riser's character probably feels like his he has been replaced as a father figure as well because for fletcher maybe that's the case because Sometimes, at some point through the movie, I felt like Andrew needed somebody to kick him in the ass. Or he wanted somebody to kick him in the ass. Because his dad was rich, got him into a good school, he was playing in a band, and his life was literally just going to go... But he didn't want that. He wanted to be great. Yeah. And that is the the the, the look that, that, that his dad is giving. I mean, in the script, it says, you know, he's lost his son. Essentially, that that's that's what he's trying to convey. Yeah, like that that. I mean, obviously, the, there's like this huge gulf distance between them at that moment as well, from the hug that they just shared yeah. to now this, where he's on this pedestal ascending to greatness, and and he's just looking on through a cracked doorway about that's about to be closed on him, probably for good. Well, well, the, the, but that's the director's accepted yeah. ending. You know, I can make it up in my head that. Miles walked off, you know, Andrew walked off the stage, fucking high-fived his dad. His dad's like, hey, Terrence. Terrence is like, hey, man, should we go out for a beer? And they went out for beers. And then they go and record a studio album together. They made a studio album. Christmas number one. You know, Fletcher got his job back up at the school. Rise up Cambridge. Fucking Andrew Cambridge. Everyone was rich by then. Happy ending. (laughs) 
Well, what were your favourite or memorable scenes? Oh man, there are just so many in this movie. I mean, a lot of them can just be uh, just camera angles. A lot of them can just be the musical pieces. Um, when when we said obviously um, Andrew had to go there at six o'clock in the morning, he, you know he's he's actually wakes up late. He rushes there and realizes he's, he's three hours early. It's like fuck you, Fletcher. And then Fletcher walks in and starts calling him the squeaker because he's the new guy and everybody's kind of judging him. Um, I'm upset. Louder! I'm upset. Louder! Oh my god! It was so intense. It was just so crazy. I felt for Miles Teller then because you know you at least once in your life you've been in that position where somebody has shouted down to you and just treated you and belittled you in front of everybody. But at the same time, like part of me was just like, just fucking punch him, just fucking punch him, you know. The the uh, the Overbrook uh, music festival uh, competition and and Fletcher's just he shouts at that stage and and he's just <laughs> like, I can still fucking feel you looking at me, mini me. Oh my god. Yeah, I got a theory as well. Like, yeah. that, that mini me was yeah. the one that Fletcher sent out to steal the book, and he was trying to bring it back to him. In fact, I've got the sheet music that <laughs> yeah, you asked me to go right. get. <laughs> yeah. The table family scene, I mean, it was just so well done. Just this family trying to talk. And you've had families do that where Andrew's out of place. Is this, I mean, was that um, Paul Reiser's sister, you know, character? I think it's a second wife, maybe? Stepmom, maybe? Well, I don't know. Well, 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 no. Or it's the wife of his brother? Yeah, because yeah. that was it. Because you had the dad at the other, the other, dad yeah. at the other table. So I thought that was the brother yeah. and that was just a family mean. But they're bigging up their their sons. And, oh, Andrew. And it's really... I don't think it's intentional, but it's really well done that Andrew goes to talk and he's then interrupted. And he immediately goes quiet. So it's... I know you can have quiet, meek characters... But a quiet, meek character will probably never be great, and that's what Andrew wants to be. So that's why this table scene well, yeah, verses, the, the and he belittles every single one of them. Like at the uh, at the the cinema when um, when they're sat there, and mm. somebody walks past and bashes into the back of Paul Reiser's head. Yeah, and he's the one to turn around to that person and apologize. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, no, it should have been that no, person okay. apologizing to you. He smacked. But yeah, that sets up who these characters are, and just yeah. little moments like that as little well. Little moments, yeah. So that uh, you see it. Andrew uh, dumping Nicole. I fucking my heart broke for that girl when he was there, um, and he was just doing it. So it wasn't well, it wasn't like it was even cold hearted. He had reasons, and like I don't want to say it was justified, but he had reasons, you know. And he knew that, and I knew that as an audience member that if they continued to, together, he was going to break our heart. She was going to get upset. She was going to be left at the side. I mean, Jesus Christ! You have, have you seen the Johnny Cash fucking story? You know. <laughs> I mean, he goes through like two wives, you know, and, and, and Miles Teller, Andrew's character is just like, I don't want that for you. You're such a nice person, you know, but where I'm going, there are no roads. Kind of. <laughs> Drumming the insults, you know, him just going one after another, after another, replacing them on the drum because they are just not playing hard enough. Seeing the rest of the band members, like he tells them like, go off. We're going to be five, 10, 15 minutes, maybe an hour. Just go off. You know, because I need to fucking drum these guys into it. And you're like, I'd, I'd be gone. You know, I'd, I want to say I'd stay there, but only if I suppose if I was at Andrew's level of obsession to be as great or good as I think I should be, would I stay in that fucking room the whole time and just have him on me? And the final sequence, I mean, from uh, probably from the moment Fletcher says to him, I know it was you. 
and even including the whole fuck up sequence in, and then Andrew going off and then coming back up on stage and particularly that point where he whacks that fucking symbol in his face and catches him <laughs> and it's just it's just like a battle there are so many emotional highs and yeah. payoffs aren't there yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. like a battle good guy versus bad guy but who's the good guy who's the bad guy and everything builds up and then it's just music yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, th this film is like a horror movie in so many ways. It yeah, really does build yeah, that tension so fun. much. Uh, but this is a wonderful film, and it's a favorite scene from start to finish. It really, really is. Uh, but just to name a couple of moments, um, I really like the moment where Fletcher, we could see the shadow, the silhouette of him in the glass, yeah. listening in to Andrew's lesson. And then the moment where Andrew is looking in at Fletcher's class and Fletcher catches him looking and, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. sneaks and he's hiding. I was like, these are just great character Shots. moments. They're yeah. just quick Captured. moments that just give you insight into who these characters are in this world. Yeah. It's really effective. Really simple, but very effective. Uh, I really liked just uh, Andrew going to cinema with his dad. You know, just yeah, watching I movies, sharing popcorn, yeah. sharing chocolate. Oh, man. It's just sweet. Just very sweet. Paul Reiser's become this like really sweet old dad and a lot of stuff lately. Oh, he was always sweet. Yeah, he was always an asshole. <laughs> no, wait, that was the other guy. <laughs> that was the other guy. <laughs> his brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fletcher just bursting in the doors of that other classroom. <laughs> just such character. Just such presence. The finger on the page. Just like... Yeah. Oh, man. Just great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, yeah, the fear and the intimidation that he gives is fantastic. The... Um, uh, the the scene with uh, Nicole on the date again, just great little breather, a, a moment away from everything that we've yeah. you know, been built up, and a moment to just get a bit more insight into into Andrew. And yeah, it's such a sweet relationship that that's why I think we also feel it when he breaks up with her in a yeah. few scenes from from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, it's, a, it's a sequence that makes me laugh because I've seen this film like maybe ten times already. <laughs> yeah. It's a sequence that makes me laugh, and it's uh, I call it the disappearing guitarist. The disappearing guitarist. Yeah, okay. he's there in one shot, and in right. the very next shot, he's gone. And I think it's because he knows that Fletcher has a habit of throwing things around his music room, <laughs> and it's the scene where he throws the chair at Andrew. And of course, in the scene before, you'll see the, the guitarist there. Yeah. And when the chair, when the, on the scene when the chair goes flying over, he's just not there anymore. <laughs> he's just noped right out of existence. But it. Obviously, you're not paying attention to him on the first time watching this. You're no, caught up in the, the gravity of the chair being flung across the room. Ah, oh, great, great moment though of uh, of tension that's been broken as we then start piling on the pressure as he starts ripping away the symbols and the other drums so he yeah. can just stand right in Andrew's face and just yell at him whilst he tries to get this tempo right. The family dinner scene was great. The breakup scene was great. Started to show the uh, the the. The, the cracks, I think, in Andrew's humanity, mm, yes. uh, where we could see that he was stealing himself off from everybody and everything so that he could be devoted in his singular vision of greatness at the loss of everything else around him. Ian, do you recommend Whiplash? Oh, man, I cannot recommend fucking Whiplash any more than just wholeheartedly 122%. 22, just for extra. It was intense from start to finish and i i know what some people are probably thinking they're like look you know same like me you're you're not probably a fan of intensity or you know being shouted at for all this time but there is a, a a magic to this film maybe heart behind the film between the director a truth yeah well the, the, just the, the, uh, just 
some films just have such a core group of the director and the main actors that they have the vision and the vision just, just goes out. There's no argument, you know, there, there's no belittling, there's no messing around. There's literally just actors acting and a director directing and everything just fucking works. And for me, Whiplash is one of those movies. J.K. Simmons is just phenomenal as this villain that you hate to love. And Miles Teller, I mean, I can't wait to see Miles Teller just get older and do bigger roles and great things. And like Ari said, he should be fucking given so much more kudos as well for what he did in Whiplash as well, because he's your hero. But by the end of it, he's the villain and you're, you, you feel really bad. There's so many different interpretations, so many different ideas and the music. Mwah. Yeah, I keep having to remind myself that this is an independent movie made on a budget of just over $3 million wow. and shot in under 20 days. Wow. You know? and, and it was something that even the casting crew said, like, they're used to working on multi-million dollar Marvel movies. Yeah. And then they come and work on this where it's just like, got the take, move on. We got the take, move on. The director knew where he wanted the yes. camera. He knew what lines needed to be delivered. And he was ready to just move on. He had the vision and he captured it and i think with the fact that this has come from a true story or a yes. part of his own yes. history yes. that he's been inspired to, to to work on uh i think that's what really helps build the foundations of this film that there was that that one vision knew exactly how it was going to start and how it was going to end and that is why for me yes i'm going to be recommending whiplash it gets the highest recommendation for me. It's an absolute must-watch. It's also one of my favourite films of the last ten years. I think it's a masterpiece in editing, storytelling, performance, and direction. And it's some of the best depictions of the horrors of obsession in film. The terrifying and intimidating Fletcher was perfectly portrayed by J.K. Simmons, delivering such intensity to the role, creating a complex and memorable character. Watching him work his craft is magic, coupled with a stunning performance by Miles Teller. The two leads are electric. They carry the scenes with such gravitas and humanity that you feel the abuse as an audience yeah. and the drive for excellence to succeed and overcome the abuser. It might be a drama, but it often feels like a thriller or a horror film, especially with the escalating tension within its close-ups and the, the personal portrayal of obsession. The cinematography and editing is also perfect, capturing every beat, all the tiny details, the blood, sweat and tears is beautifully shot and it has a great score that really supports the on-screen musicians, but it also doesn't alienate the audience that might not even appreciate jazz and in fact may have the opposite effect. The film has an ending that encourages conversation and debate, it's very rewatchable and relatable. The road to greatness can take you to the edge. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.